0: it just seemed that right at the end of the our our god bless america welcome to this fourth episode of going virtual a special series by the notorious pedagogues where we're talking about how we are dealing with the sudden need to move online with all of our classes and one of the tools that we're being recommended to use is zoom zoom is the video conferencing or synchronous app or tool that uh, our university uses a lot of other universities are using it but this could really be relevant to any kind of video conferencing software a couple of years ago we would be talking about blackboard collaborate uh, if you're a Google school or a Google classroom school, you may be looking at Google Meet or Google Hangouts, depending on how they have their settings set up. But we wanted to devote an entire episode just to talking about this particular tool, because it seems like we're going to be spending a lot of our time in the next couple of weeks in Zoom and how we are thinking about as teachers, how we're going to be using this in our own teaching.
1: Well, I first experienced zoom because that is the platform that the national writing project uses. Um, so that when directors are across the country and, um, there's a meeting topic, meeting focus. Um, so they just call it connecting the network call. So sometimes there's 10 of us on there. Sometimes there's many more. Um, but that's how I became a little bit more familiar with this is a tool for collaboration across the country.
0: Did you ever use any of the earlier tools? The one that I'm thinking of I mentioned earlier was Blackboard Collaborate. I don't
1: think so. I I do remember one of the universities where I was teaching, we had Blackboard, but I don't remember ever using that because the courses that I was teaching were just face-to-face. So Blackboard was a space to put – materials right mm. you know with slides or handouts or you know collect even collect student assignments like we do with d2l sometimes um but never to kind of meet in a space so i don't know if the timing of that just didn't overlap with what i what i was using and how i was using it if that makes sense
0: yeah i mean even given my relative my, my youth, age-wise, technology-wise, I have seen and been through quite a number of learning management systems and virtual tools. Like you just mentioned, Blackboard Collaborate, there used to be, or Blackboard used to have a tool called Collaborate that was part of Blackboard Collaborate, and I think they bought like, Big Boo Button, or they bought somebody else. Uh, Collaborate was, was was their video conferencing, or their basically their large conference call software. Mm. And... Every learning management system now has some version of this. Zoom is a relatively newer edition. It's been out maybe four or five years, maybe a little bit longer, but it hasn't gained as much popularity until the last year or two. And in the same way that people will argue that many of the learning management systems like Canvas or Blackboard or D2L, we're a school that uses D2L, are similar. These video conferencing tools generally are similar as well. Uh, Zoom just so happens to be the one that is the most popular du jour. uh, And it was cheaper relatively than other options, I'm sure, when our university and our university system was looking for using some kind of video conferencing tool. But it seems that when um, we've been engaging with colleagues and faculty members and talking about how are we going to continue on with the business of teaching and the the university business, how are we going to do this? Mm -hmm the option that seems to come up most often is, oh, we'll just Zoom. Well, we'll set up a Zoom room. How are we going to do advising? We'll set up a Zoom room. How are we going to have this committee meeting? Oh, we'll set up a Zoom room. How are we going to teach our classes? Well, we'll just set up these Zoom rooms. I just got, as we were sitting here recording, two emails about two Zoom meetings I'm invited to this week. (laughs) (laughs) So we thought it's worth talking about this uh, a little bit deeper, a little bit more.
1: So I think what I like about Zoom is that Well, a couple of things. One, you can log in through your computer and use the camera on your computer. Um, You can log in on your phone um, to attend the meeting with or without video. So it can just be audio. It would just, you know, the box would pop up and it would just say your name um, so that people know that you're there. Um,
0: Almost like a conference call. You can use a, you can use phone to get into it as well. Right.
1: So, yeah, so even though it's web-based, you can still just call a phone number and then you're in on the call. Um, What I also like, uh, because sometimes the National Writing Project conference calls are, I mean, they're based in Berkeley on the West Coast, so sometimes the timing of it doesn't work out if I'm teaching, um, but I can always, they are typically recorded and then, um, you know, the link, the recording link is sent out um, after And I can go in the next day or the day after that and um, just watch. I obviously can't interact anymore, but I can watch and listen and figure out what are the essential pieces of that meeting that I needed. So I think that that's really helpful. Um, And I think that that might be a piece of the tool. I know some people are going back and forth about, you know, synchronous, asynchronous, how much time... Do we want to allow for flexibility with our students? Um, And I think that that's a spectrum and that's going to be, you know, a case-by-case basis with professors. But I think that this might be a solution if you anticipate that to be a problem where all of a sudden students who used to live on the Westchester campus who had a class Monday, Wednesday, Friday at noon, you know, all of a sudden are back in their homes where, they might also now be picking up part-time jobs or whatever and saying like, well, now I can't make my class at noon, then, you know, should that come up, this is a way to address that and, you know, have the student watch in sort of post, post-class post time or whatever. Um, so I think that that's something to think about. You know, I know we we plan to teach synchronously, but we haven't heard from any students yet who... Have said, oh, that's a problem for me now.
0: Yeah, I think you're. I think you're right. You hit on exactly the ones like it's it's synchronous, so it's great if you want to have your class time or you want to get everybody in the same physical, well, virtual space at the at the same time. You can have it video based. Like those who may not realize this, we are actually using Zoom as a background tool while we record our podcast, so that we can see each other and hear each other uh, while we're simultaneously recording in different locations. Thank you, COVID nineteen. But you can also, if you don't want to have the video portion, it can be treated as one large conference call. And this is what uh, distance education or online learning in the days before we relied on high speed internet. This is what we did. This is how uh, how learning happened. And you're exactly right. It can record everything that happens in a session. One of the tools that people don't realize you can do. uh, There's actually two accessibility features that I want to mention. One that I learned about, and one that I've known about for a while. If you record your session. And you can set it to automatically record. We can put all this in the notes. You can set a recorded Zoom session to create an audio transcript. And it will automatically generate a transcript of everything that happens uh, as far as spoken word in your meeting. It will send you, the host of the the meeting, uh, a transcript. Is it 100%? No. But you can use it. It's about 70%, 80% correct, and you can go back and edit it and, and adjust it as needed. But it's not a bad tool to have for uh, for transcription purposes and for accessibility purchase, uh, options. I have also learned in the past couple of days that there is a setting within Zoom where you can have closed captioning already turned on. in mm-hmm. the Zoom tool itself, right? The Zoom tool itself can, if you're careful, and I think if you teach your students to uh, to speak and to engage in a certain manner, it can auto generate some closed captions. This is very helpful for people obviously who have hearing concerns, but also if you're recording, it will allow uh, if you're if a student is watching a lecture or if a student is participating in a discussion after the fact uh, on a bus or in another location with low quality internet and they can't hear everything, they can maybe use the transcript or they can use the closed captioning to follow along. I think those are two options that we need to be really aware of. they're built into Zoom. And people don't even realize that they're there, but they're important uh, accessibility features for our students and for, for learners. The, the obvious thing that, that we're going to jump to use Zoom for is presentations. Like when we want to get in there and, and, and share with some presentation slides, or we want to do a demo for some software, or we want to show a particular website or a template mm-hmm. to students, we're gonna really we're gonna jump to Zoom. You can quickly do a screen share of your own screen and show people what it is you're doing. And remember, if you're recording it, that's making a, re- a record that students can come back to and watch in the future.
1: Yeah, I think that that's really important. I mean, things that I wouldn't necessarily know until we started talking about some of them. Um, so one of the other things that we talked about was um, being able to have your advising meetings through Zoom. Um, so again, making sure that, you know, you're visually being, you know, you're there for your students and, um, you know, can help them work through planning out their summer courses and their fall courses. Um Having that personal room where we each are assigned our own URL. Um,
0: yeah, and to that point, with our advising and doing student student meetings like that, we each as a if you are a professor at your university, I know this is true for for us at Westchester, if you uh, have a Zoom account. You automatically have a standing room invite like you can go into zoom and schedule meetings out into the future and we'll make a special little link that you can use to share out with your students but if you're going to use zoom for advising for example you have standing room a standing invite open it's your own personal room this is a standard link and you can actually adjust that rename the link to be your name or whatever you'd like Mm. to call it and that link mm -hmm, and that link you can put like in your signature of your email you can send it out right now to to someone if you want to quickly jump into a meeting that's unscheduled um and that's something we have available to us that not many people realize you don't have to schedule a meeting and right now at this very moment if for example uh, like i mentioned dr schmidt and i are in a zoom room right now if i wanted to click record on this meeting i could it's not a big deal we're just in my own personal uh zoom room meeting it's just you know it's there, but we don't think of it that way, right? We think of it in terms of physical, physicality, right? We have to go to our class, so we make a new class link. Whereas this is a standing room, it's always open, it's virtual, we can always hop in and take a look. I think one thing that uh, where we're gonna be pushing ourselves and our students is using Zoom, not only as a synchronous tool to present and to bring our students together, but we're gonna be completing an entire assignment Uh, in Zoom. And this is something that we haven't even fully thought through yet, but we, um, I'm hoping, Dr. Schmidt, you might be able to share a little bit more about what we're thinking about using Zoom to complete that assignment.
1: So for the last year or so, Dr. Kruger-Ross and I have hosted our own podcast. And one of the pieces that we've added to that um, was revising an assignment, a standing assignment for our students Um, They, since we've started teaching the class, they've always completed a podcast and it certainly has evolved. Um, And so last spring, spring 2019, um, was the first semester where we had, um, we used class time to break up the students by their Book groups and they came and we interviewed them in small groups and gave them the raw file and then they fashioned the podcast episode. So their work um, was embedded into our podcast series that we normally have, the the Notorious Pedagogues. Um, So what we're faced with this semester is that we won't all be in the same room with our our group um, trying to record the podcast. And so... um, One of the things that we found is that using Zoom and using our microphones and our headphones that we have, um, we've been able to record this mini-series here um, to help our colleagues, um, but that this is something that we're going to replicate with those um, students in groups to get the information, get the recording, and then um, same, same thing, I think. Will, f- will happen after that. One of the students in the group will take the lead and you know, do the uh, revising and editing of that raw file to create a podcast episode.
0: Yeah, I mean, th- this was the first one that I think I mentioned in an earlier episode where I freaked out because <laughs> it seems to me that uh, this, this, this assignment required students to get together in their groups and be interviewed by us for a podcast episode. And we, one of the biggest struggles for us Uh, for those of you at Westchester uh, who are also teaching at Westchester, was to find a physical space that could hold six, seven of us in a nice, quiet location where we could do a roundtable discussion and record that could have nice quality for podcasting. And now here we are. Oh my gosh, we're all all over the place. Mm -hmm. How are we going to complete this assignment? How are we going to have our students complete this assignment? We want them to engage in their groups uh, as future teachers and and talk about their texts and their connection to as as book club books. We want to also show them the power of podcasting as a tool, not only in higher education, but as pre-service teachers for secondary English, their future secondary English classrooms. And on top of that, we wanted to model for our students, or we want to model for our students, what do we do when we we talk about this all the time, Doctor Schmidt? We say, what happens if the internet doesn't work? Mm-hmm. What happens if you don't have enough laptops? What happens if? The software isn't available the day you need it. So here we are. We have a genuine problem. How we want to do a podcast assignment. How can we make this work with our students? We're going to have to make it work. And as far as we can tell, at least right now on March 15th at, uh, after 9 p.m. when we're recording this, the best thing we can do is engage with our students in Zoom. We'll gather them all in one Zoom session, meet synchronously, record it. And then Zoom will also, as I mentioned earlier, send you a link to your transcript. It will also send you a link to not only the video recording, but also the audio.
1: Well, interesting. file
0: of your recording. Exactly. It'll send you the MP3 and I will send then the MP3 to the group and allow them the chance to edit and process the, the meeting. And hopefully we'll get good enough audio quality uh, that we can then turn that into an episode of our podcast. So we are still on the, we're still trying to figure out how we're going to be using Zoom, how we're going to be adapting our assignments and our pedagogy to using Zoom, or maybe it won't be Zoom. But at least right now at this moment, this is the best plan we've got. Right. And this is what we're being recommended by our university to use. Right.
1: Thank you for listening to this special episode of The Notorious Pedagogues in our mini-series, Ongoing Virtual. We focused on Zoom as a tool that most of us will be using as we take our classes virtual. In our next episode, we're going to consider two popular frameworks for thinking about technology connected to your pedagogy. And um, we'll explain how we use them in our class. And I think what we're going to do um, is share an example of an assignment and then how it fits into these two frameworks. Thank you for listening. See you soon.